we all have unique passions, but we also have unique gifts and strengths. All of us were put on this earth because we all have a purpose and we have these really unique ways of teaching or guiding or serving or communicating with people in a really specific way. What lights you up? This is Mikhail Kuyenga. Every single conversation that I have on this podcast ends up impacting my business and my life. And this one in particular was a very pivotal conversation around my business and my offerings and what feels right to do next. My guest today is Nutrition Strip founder Mikhail Kuyenga. She is one of the OG people talking about nutrition on Instagram and one of the very first accounts that I followed. I remember years ago when I just created the Heart Bowl and Mikhail agreed for me to send one to her, I was just feeling so grateful and starstruck. And since then, we've crossed our paths at wellness events and we have gotten a chance to sit down in person. And there's so much alignment in where we're going in our lives with moving towards nature and building homes in nature and gardening. And particularly in this conversation, we focus on how Mikkel used social media and the internet, not just to share content that was changing lives, but also how she took the right business steps to turn her content and her passion into a business. We talk about living in your zone of genius and delegating the rest how to separate your business life and your work from your personal life, even if you're working from your dining table. She shares very particular specific tips to creating that separation. And most importantly, my favorite part of the conversation has to do with coming back to your intuition. Whenever you are at a crossroads with what offering to put out there, how to serve your audience, how to monetize, how to grow your business, Instead of relying on what everyone out there around you is doing, turn back inside and ask yourself, what feels right in my body? What feels joyful? What feels like it's my zone of genius and is so natural to create? And anytime I'm at a crossroads, I'm reminded that I actually just had an astrology reading this morning and I kept sitting with this question for weeks now. You know, it's been six months since I have ran the conscious social media program and I've been wondering hey universe, what's up? When am I going to get the new date? Because each time before this, I have just divinely been given a date and it just, the stars aligned and it would blow me away every time. And I'm not being given a date. And so what I was reminded is to just honor that inner voice that knows and not try to push it from the outside. And I know this conversation will inspire you to do just that. If you enjoy this podcast, please leave a rating and a review on the iTunes app. I received the most heartwarming review that I texted probably to all my friends and family members the other day because I was so moved by it. I read all your reviews and I look at all the times when you share the podcast. I love seeing what speaks to you and I love seeing your takeaways. So please keep sharing and spreading the good word. All right, here's Mikkel Kuyenga of Nutrition Strip. Here we go, Mikhail. I'm so excited to have you on Woken Wired. You are one of the first people I followed on Instagram probably in like 2012. And 
Since then, we've crossed paths at different wellness world events. And recently, I got to visit you in Nashville. And we got to talk about nature and business and all the things. And I was just like, okay, I'm going to stop asking you questions here and now so that my people can hear what we're talking about as well. So here we are. I love it. I'm so, so happy to be here with you. And yeah, it was such a joy to meet you in person after it's so funny like that when you meet friends and have acquaintances online and then you can, you know, you pass, you cross paths and then you finally get to sit down. It's, it's so great. I'm very grateful for the internet for that reason. The internet is magical that way. Okay. So we're going to get straight into it. Your Instagram account is at nutrition stripped and it says by Mikhail Kuyanga, MSRDLDN, all the credentials. Health is a daily practice with a sparkle emoji where nutrition science meets the art of healthy and mindful living. Feel supported with my free healthy habits guide. All right. So what is it that you actually do? Like walk me through your day. <laughs> yeah. So I love that you read and kind of timestamped that Instagram bio because that's for sure a, our motto in terms of health as a daily practice. I'm such a firm believer that of course we start with nutrition. I always say that nutrition is the catalyst. Nutrition is that starting point. We actually have to physically nourish our bodies, right? In order to reach other pillars of our health and or just support other pillars of our health from mental, emotional, spiritual well-being, our physical well-being. And so my whole philosophy of health as a daily practice is really reminding people to be compassionate and gentle with themselves when it comes to you know, changing their eating style, changing their lifestyle habits, any way that we're moving towards our what I call wellness vision or that better place that we want to that we want to align with with our health. And it takes practice. It takes compassion. All of those small steps that add up over time versus this like complete overhaul. So I love that motto health is a daily practice for that reason. So what I do in a nutshell varies so much from day to day and it's definitely changed drastically for the past let's see I've been I've been owning Nutrition Strip now for 7 years I've been an entrepreneur for a long time so when I first started out early days it was much more full-time private practice coaching one-on-one -on -one. and nowadays I'm really looking at how do I reach as many people as possible how do I help as many people as possible with giving them that feeling of accomplishment and feeling really empowered with the education that they're learning and how to make nutrition and health really simple to learn so that they can apply it in their real life. Like how do they actually then take this knowledge and education from Nutrition Stripped and then use tools and strategies that I coach on, that I teach on. So I spend a lot of my energy and time now with our method membership. And that's really our whole philosophy kind of boiled down into an online program, but it also has a community component where I share two video classes a month with them. I'm in the community, which is our private forum, like every day talking with them, answering questions. So it's really like that coaching supportive environment. And it's also just so life-giving to me because I'm seeing people make those tangible small steps every single day and it all adds up over time. So that is kind of my, in terms of like my day to day, I think my energy is mostly going towards that. And then it changes. Like some days I'll be writing in batches of, you know, maybe like four articles a day if I can, and really knocking out content for the website, for future programs, for social media. 
So I kind of have my hand in a lot of different different pots, if you will. Wow. So it would be so easy for someone to take this idea and this value of helping people establish health through daily rituals and practices and just run with it on Instagram, do IGTVs and do YouTube videos and do Instagram posts. And I think a lot of people who identify as content creators or influencers got carried away. And hey, I don't blame anyone. I've done that too. It's so easy to get carried away with just creating social media content that in the end does not belong to us because Instagram doesn't belong to us. And I'm curious, what was the trajectory of when you realized, okay, to make this a long-term smart business, I actually need to shift gears and give energy to creating offers on my own website? I love this question. And I, I also agree with you so much on this front. I think having all of your quote eggs in one basket is not a smart business move. It's not a smart business idea. And of course, like you said, with social media platforms are amazing, but I view them as incredible free marketing tools, but they kind of stop there. And of course, there are amazing ways to engage with your audience. It is a gift to have social media, but at the same time, really making sure that you are taking care and you have that special kind of boundary within your community that you can really, you know, like email list, like those are so important because that's kind of like someone giving you their number. So you have that exchange right away. So you can really talk to them and you can communicate, you can send them surveys, you can understand what their needs are, and then you can provide services and products based on their needs. So I love having the mix of, of course, social media and then like the email lists and the websites and your products and your services. And how I came about that to answer your question too, I actually didn't realize what I was doing so much at the start. Like I didn't, when I started Nutrition Stripped back in 2013, early 2013, it was just a creative outlet. And so I was really just dipping my toes into everything and I was having a lot of fun with it. All I wanted to do was to share like my creative passion for making healthy cooking really fun and easy, delicious, and helping people find that joy in the kitchen that so often I think is missed out on. And then I also wanted to share my unique philosophy on nutrition and how, again, bringing it back to my earlier conversation, how nutrition really is that starting point and it's the catalyst. And then we can really tend to and make sure that we're really supporting all these other pillars of our health. And so As that gradually grew with consistency of content and as I started to dip my toe into social media platforms and then offer up one-on-one coaching, it kind of did naturally like lend itself to other revenue streams and other opportunities for me to serve people. So it was coaching. And then I knew, obviously, I'm one woman. I'm one person. I can't reach as many people if I'm just constantly doing one-on-ones. And so I did ebooks that was my first like scalable product and that was incredible because then I could help people with even simple things like hey here's how to snack healthily when you're on the go this is what to do to optimize or support your digestive system like I had a ton of ebooks for sale as well just for quick tips for people and then that also launched into my first online program which was a meal planning program and that helped thousands and that was amazing because that was like okay I was viewing my time as I could either coach one-on-one or I could help a thousand people or more with this program and putting my energy into that. Just to clarify right there, how did you make the decision between 
okay, this is going to be a free blog post that lives on my site. And this is something I'm going to create an ebook out of and sell. Like what was the line where you decided to make that difference? Great question. I think for me um, at the time too, I was thinking like, I mean, there's just so much stuff on the internet, right? You have a a million free recipes and also whether it is evidence-based or not, or what I would call like sound advice or not, there's tons of nutrition and wellness and health advice out there. And so I really wanted to make sure that the free content was my positioning on it. Like I always use science as the backbone, but I also, it's so important to me to merge what I call that art of healthy living. So that really allowed me to get to know the community and also allow them to get to know me and my philosophy of, of health and life and wellness and how I merge those, that science and art together. And so it really is at the foundation, free content is, is education. Like I just want to educate and over deliver as much as possible. Like 90% of what we do, maybe even more than 90% of what we do in terms of content production is completely free from like videos and articles and like those things, you know, when you really map it out, you know, this as well, like content, especially with science as the backbone, there's a lot of research that has to go into it. And so it is time consuming. But for me, I know it's going to hit so many people's inboxes, or they're going to find it on their website and read it and learn something. And so for me, like that's such a component of just service that is so deeply important to me. Like I, I have a gift and I have a passion and strengths and I want to be able to share that with people. Obviously at the end of the day, I also have to like make a living and there is a business component to it as well. And so when I decide, you know, something's going to, going to be free or paid, it really is just paid or products or services as I can call it are things that I know are going to require like a little bit of a deeper knowledge set that also requires like specific tools and strategies and like more of my coaching component to it. So that's how I kind of think about those two differences. That's that's such a great question. For someone who is just starting to think about monetizing or maybe thinking about diversifying their income streams, whether they're a coach, a healer, or an influencer and a content creator, where do you recommend starting out in terms of products from your experience? What are some things that you've learned? Because you've had such a variety of products from downloads to online courses to physical products. We all know those avocado (laughs) t-shirts to now a membership. Like what are some things that you have learned from launching a variety of offerings and and from the ones that you ended up sticking with? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So for anybody out there, I think the biggest thing is going directly to your community. You know, like I said earlier, like social media is such this beautiful platform for the reason that we can directly, it is a direct to customer line of communication. You can literally ask on Instagram, Hey, what do you guys want to see from me? Or how do you like to learn? Do you like to read? Do you like to listen? Do you like to watch? Do you like to engage or be more interactive and have like physical workshops? So I think utilizing that communication platform and literally just talking to people like human beings because you're serving them. It's not about ego of like, oh, I have all these, you know, all these products to choose from. You don't really need to dive into everything and you really just need to pay attention to who you're serving and just ask them like what is best. So that is number one, and that'll really give you a lot of insight and I think solid direction because that's exactly what I did 
when I first started doing eBooks. So I would get a lot of people email me and they were like, Hey, Mikella, like, I don't necessarily feel like I need one-on-one coaching with you, but I would love like, what are your go-tos and what are your requirements for picking out healthy snacks on the go? Or what is your combination of like macronutrients that you look for when choosing snacks at home or cooking healthy? Like there were a lot of common inquiries. And so what I started to do just simply And these inquiries came in through social media, email, and then comments on the blog. Those were, and then the email list. So those were like four technically streams of communication that I had with the community. And so I would just take note and I would tally it up and I would be like, okay, I'm getting a lot of requests for snacks. So I'm going to, because a lot of these requests are coming from the website blog comments or the email list, I know those people already enjoy reading. Like that's just by default a process of elimination. So I'm going to create an ebook because I have a hunch they'll also read an ebook and they'll enjoy that. It's easy to package. I felt really confident in just whipping it up and designing it myself and selling it on the website. So I also just kind of had to gauge too where I was in my company at that point and like how much I could take on myself and what was actually like feasible to just try out. So I think that's another thing as well. And then the third thing, I would just ask yourself, like, we all have unique, of course, passions, but we also have unique gifts and strengths. I mean, I literally truly believe all of us were put on this earth because we all have a purpose and we have these really unique ways of teaching or guiding or serving or communicating with people in a really specific way. So I would also recommend to just do a deep dive on who you are as a person, like what lights you up. So for me, I really, really love writing and I love art. And so art for me nowadays, when it comes to like my products and services is a lot of video and audio content because I love, like I'm a visual learner. So maybe I'm a little bit biased, but I also think in like this digital world, we kind of lose a little bit of the human element. So if I can add more of myself and like more of that human element and that relationship into a video where people can really like get to know me and like just feel like they're being cared for and sitting next to me. So I really dive into that a lot, but really just understanding where your gifts and your passions are and your strengths are and executing programs or services or products kind of based on that as well. So those would be my, my three things that I would look at look at. Wow. So streamlined. I'm so impressed. (laughs) Thanks. I've had a lot of years of practice though as well. I really love how you touched on this idea that we all have a unique purpose and by connecting to what lights us up, we're given the next right step to do in our business. And I think in today's digital world, we're exposed to so many ways that people do their business that it's easy to fall into thinking that we should do it the same way if we want the same results. But I tend to believe that there's just infinite amount of ways that business can be done. And as long as we follow our intuition and what feels aligned and right, even if it means creating a brand new paradigm of how business is done, especially because we're in this digital world where literally anything is possible and we're creating the rules as we go, I think that's really the way to go. And you're an embodiment of all these things. And I know you have some stories and the lessons you've learned by following or not following your intuition and your business. Yeah, I think that is so, so important to bring up is is following that, following your internal compass too. And what is literally lighting you up and bringing joy and happiness? Because at the end of the day, 
it does like you do have to ask yourself that question because you could get into business or you could start something and then a year later you're like oh gosh this just doesn't feel like me and i feel like i'm doing things because i quote should be or so and so is doing you know xyz and they're they seem really successful like none of that matters it's so superficial and you can use of course like industry standards and look up to people and get inspired by them and say like, oh, that looks cool. I'm inspired by that. Maybe I should try something like that to see if that really lights me up and also how it serves my unique community and the way that they really need to be served. And so checking in with yourself is so important. I mean, I talk about this with my clients in terms of a nutrition and wellness capacity when I'm coaching, but also with business, like taking care of yourself and checking in with yourself to make sure that your daily actions, your monthly actions, how you're setting up your company, not only is on that path to your goal, you know, in terms of your achievements and the things that you, however you define success, so to speak, but also how that's lining up with your, like with your soul and your spirit. Like, is it aligned with your day to day? That's such an important piece of the puzzle. And I've learned that sometimes the hard way throughout the years as well. But it's something that I always come back to. And it's just a really important point to, to share with people, especially those of you who are starting out. I'm curious, how do you connect to your intuition? Are there any particular practices that you do that connect you to that voice? I would like to say that I'm most of the time connected. I think it's from a place of awareness. I learned from a really, really young age just about mind-body connection and building that awareness. But if that seems a little, I think intuition can sometimes feel a little bit intangible or sometimes abstract. And so really easy ways that I connect in if I'm feeling a little overwhelmed or I'm stressed or if I'm like just in my head a lot or feeling anxiety or whatever, something that's so easy to quickly check in and just make sure that I'm doing the things that I need to do that are most important and most urgent and most aligned is just to take some deep breaths. It's to literally put everything away. Ideally, if I can get out in nature and just be surrounded and have that beautiful silence, I think silence is silence is one of our, I think, best teachers because it really does encourage and almost gently force you into really looking into yourself. And asking those hard questions like, hey, am I showing up for myself today fully so that I can show up for my career, the people I'm serving, my relationships, my community, X, Y, Z. So I think it's a combination of that. But nowadays, in this phase of my life, I'm trying to just spend as much time as possible in nature to kind of facilitate that and give me a little bit of cushion when I feel like I'm a little bit off my balance too. I love that. This idea of showing up for yourself so you can show up for others is so important for entrepreneurs, but really for humans, for anyone. And I love that you talk about intuition with your clients and in your offerings. And what's fascinating to me is that I've seen a lot of people kind of get into the world of food, whether that's a nutritionist or a recipe creator. And then at some point, you kind of, that was my story. I got into food. I got known as a food blogger. And then I started zooming out and seeing food, like you said, as an entryway to something bigger. And so my path was to focus on the more that other zoomed out vision, consciousness, entrepreneurship, spirituality. And yet, yes, I still use food 
as a way to get people to take care of their body and tap into their body. But with you, it seems like you're just as passionate about food and being in the kitchen as you were when you started. Is that the truth? <laughs> yes, it really is. I love food. First of all, I mean, food is delicious. Yes, I love food in that way. But I love the the nourishment. I mean, physically nourishing our bodies and making those choices. And if you think about it too, if we're eating three meals a day, that's 35 solid choices and actions that we actually have to take in a week if we're, again, eating three meals a day. And so there's a lot of communication and conversation with ourselves about just the way that we nourish ourselves. And so I'm a firm believer because that choice is so prevalent in our day-to-day lives. And it's, I mean, we have to have food. We have to make those choices and actions because we cannot live without it just from, I mean, just like brass tacks. So it is really, really important that we focus on nourishing our bodies. And so as much as I teach mindful eating strategies and again, using nutrition as that catalyst to really branch off into other pillars of health, like mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, you do really have to start with the core core ways to nourish your body. And I teach that as well. And I'm so passionate about it because food can also be really fun. It can be a source of joy, especially when you're cooking in the kitchen or you're sharing a meal with family, with friends, with community. Food is just so much more than that physical nourishment on a cellular level. It is that cultural experience. It's social. It's how we socialize. It's how we try new things. It's traditions. It's like so much more than just that physical nourishment. So I absolutely love it. And I think in this phase of my life, as I've been into dietetics and nutrition for over you know, 10 years now and learning about it, and it's been part of my life, I think the evolution of it has taken on that greater picture of really looking at where does our food come from and how is our food grown? And those people who are growing our food, how are they treated and what is their life like? It comes down to, especially like with environmental impact and animal welfare, like that's really important to me. So I think everybody which I'm so grateful for, but that's a common conversation now where we're starting to ask those difficult questions like, hey, where's our food from? And bringing awareness to that is so important, not just for our immediate health and nutrition and our physical body health, but also for our collective health. And then for, I mean, just universal health. This is such a profound idea. And I'm so glad that you brought it into this conversation because even when we have somewhat figured out how to nourish our bodies and how to treat these human vessel containers to get us through life and feel radiant and energized, there's so much more to that. There's so many questions to ask. Where does it come from? How are people treated? You know, I've really been diving deep into ceremonial cacao and chocolate and how is it sourced? And I've interviewed Sean Askinozzi. Sean Askinozzi brings this idea of beyond fair trade and open books with his cacao farmers. So they're actually sharing profits instead of paying them uh, fair trade or above fair trade. And so many of us city kids like me are starting to think about, okay, what does that mean for us? How can we spend more time in nature? In the past year, I've gotten to grow my own food for the first time as an adult person. And it's just, there's nothing like it. You know, when a tomato becomes ripe and you know you planted it and you grew it and you watered it every day and you told it, I love you, and then you eat it, there's just like an alchemy that happens on not just a physical level, but really on a soul level. And there's nothing like it. 
And I know that you're making some bold moves with your lifestyle, moving more towards nature. And there's a video on your website that I'm just, I've been watching on replay. You look like a, a fairy that's kind of floating above gardens of kale. That looks like an absolute dream. So what is this new chapter that you're stepping into? Yes. And I'm so excited to talk about this and also to experience it. But I, I love your point on growing food. And even if you live in a city, if you can have like a small pot of herbs or something that can just give you that little tiny extra layer of connection with where your food is grown. And it, it, it does. It gives you that gratitude and appreciation for the entire process so that the next time that you're at a grocery store, you can maybe look at that apple and pause and just say, hmm, like, I wonder where that came from. I wonder who took care of this, who grew this. And I wonder if I can, you know, someday or right now implement little tiny ways where I can start to grow my food or at least be more conscious and aware of where my food's coming from. And then if that's another layer, then even reaching out to local farmers wherever you live and supporting them so that they can carry out that good work as well. So I love that component. And I grew up with parents who were, so I'm from the Midwest and I grew up with parents who were like, you know, textbook Midwest. So we would enjoy like, you know, take out pizza and all of the frozen things and like ultra processed foods that's in the standard American diet, like everybody else. But we also had other components of healthy living and healthy cooking where I remember having a garden and it was like my favorite thing ever to play in, to just like be around with my mom and we would like pick cucumbers off and it was just like such a beautiful experience and that is such a highlight that I think about when I think about growing my own food as an adult and you know continuing that tradition so to speak so yes my husband and I are really changing our lifestyle completely so we live in the city Nashville city proper and it is, it's always been that kind of hustle and bustle energy, no matter where you are. I mean, Nashville is a growing city. It's not like New York, but there's still that energy prominent. And there's never a quiet escape. There's always that noise pollution and stimulation and all of that. And I've never felt more at home than I have just in nature, like surrounded by nature, that silence. And I also think it's, you know, like you were saying, like I have that video on my website for the method membership. And I think it's also a good note, like it does look ethereal and this idolized way of living. But at the same time, I do think there are a lot of challenges too that it can present because yes, silence is one of our best teachers and nature is one of our best teachers. But a lot of times that is a challenge for us to sit still. It's a challenge for us to be quiet with ourselves and to really look inward and ask those hard questions about how we're showing up in life, where we want to go with our life, like just those check-in mind-body awareness check-ins that you need to do, that we all need to do with ourselves. And so sometimes that could be a little bit of a challenge. And then, you know, not to mention just like wildlife and the, the challenges that come with, you know, gardening and all of that stuff. But all of that aside, we're so excited to make that change. And we're building a home about an hour away from Nashville City. And we have about six acres and we plan to do the whole thing, really live off our land as much as possible. So growing our own food, we really want to get into having bees and we plan on having some goats and like some animals, maybe a cow and really not, I mean, just to have them around just to, like, just to take care of them and for them to live a really happy life. 
And also, again, they help manage the grounds of the land too, if you're thinking about functionality and everything. But we are so excited to be doing that. And I hope, I mean, it's 2020. So I hope by the end of 2020, we are living there and it'll be done. That is so, so, so exciting. Have you seen the movie on Netflix called Honeyland? I haven't. I'll have to make note. It's absolutely magical. It's a masterpiece of art and storytelling. It, it's a documentary film that happens in the mountains of Macedonia, I believe. And it's about a woman who is friends with bees. And she's a beekeeper who lives in this town of three people. And just the magic that happens and how they depict how a human can live as one with nature and then all the layers of what happens around that while you have to function in society as well. It's just a really, really, really beautiful and moving film that I think you would enjoy given where you're going with your life. I would love to check that out. I'll have to make a note of it. Yeah, it is an interesting aspect because yes, we're going to be, there will be modern things, obviously. We're going to have like water and sewage and all that. We're not going completely off the grid, but as environmentally friendly as possible. So solar panels, geothermal, we have creeks and like cave water. So we're going to try to utilize our resources and respect the land around us as much as possible, which is also a really important part of my core values and my husband Jesse's core values. And also I just think with, I don't know, it just has always been within me to take care of land and also honor and respect those who have been on that land before us and really making sure that we're taking care of this beautiful world that we have while we have it. And I think too, it's just in our nature as humans, it's in our DNA to want to explore and be within that environment and that capacity. And I mean, yes, we can of course look at the science and we look at it and like we know just spending 20 minutes a day out in nature can improve our well-being. It can decrease anxiety and depression over time. So we don't even need science to tell us that though. We can just go outside and we all know what that feels like it almost feels like an escape. And I'm just ready. I've been just working, working, working so hard and living a city life for what feels like forever. And so I'm ready to slow down and really take a 180, not slow down with work, but just have a slow down with life and my surroundings. So yeah, it's going to be a really big shift. I know you have a dedicated Instagram where you're sharing this journey. Would you share with people what it is? Yeah, it's called The Nature Element. And it's a just for fun account. And I share probably one to two posts a week, just like behind the scenes of what it's all about, like not only building a home from scratch, and that entire process from like literally designing the home, which I did with my father, which is such a fun story. And then also just the entire aspect of it, like how are we gardening, composting? How are we learning about the land? How are we taking care of it? So it's going to be just a fun account. And then also on nutritionstrip.com though, we will be sharing, I'll be writing articles about all of this. Like how do you garden? How do you grow your own food if you live in a city or if you are kind of in the forest like I am or in some other natural area like, like I would be? So it can really be transferable as a skill. And then also just building awareness. Like how do we reduce single-use plastic? How are we contributing to waste in our environment? How can we lessen that? So I really am excited about that new education content stream. And it's also just time. I think it's top of mind for everybody right now. So it just feels like a really great alignment for us. 
For sure. I'm so with you on that. I'm curious, how do you think being in nature and building your home with your father, how will that impact the new kind of boundaries you might need to set with work? Because what I found when we moved to a tiny cabin upstate from New York City, half my time was taken up by taking care of our 12 acres. And sometimes it was hard work like gardening and setting up all the things. And sometimes I just didn't want to be indoors. All I wanted to do is just roam around and chase the deer. So what's your vision in terms of how we will continue running the business while being able to be immersed in nature like that? Yeah, this is such a great point and question. And I think I'm just at a phase in my life now where I am giving myself permission to do that, to have days where if I want to explore and just read a book outside and journal and just be creative and have that space, I'm allowing myself to do that. Because I know if I give myself that space to do that, my work is you know 10 times more productive and I'm more focused. So I also think it boils down to really, really learning and knowing like how I work and my own boundaries anyway. And so I do prefer a structure. So if I'm going to work, you know, an eight hour day, which I try not to anymore, I'm really in the camp and phase of my life right now where I'm trying to work as optimized as possible and really hit only the things that are very important and also very urgent and also things that only I can do. So in an ideal world, like if I could work four to five hours a day and just do those things that are going to make the most positive impact with the company, then I'm going to do that. And I'm going to allow myself, you know, time to just decompress and live, you know, live what I would call with more freedom, I guess you could say. And that's not something that I've ever had with running the company for the past seven years. It's been like, go, 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 hustle, hustle, hustle. You know, as much as I am very, very conscious about my own self-care and making sure I don't burn out, it still is like a go, go, go mentality. So I'm really excited to just shift that lifestyle and shift that part, which will require discipline. So for that reason, I actually will have a separate office studio on the land so that I will literally have to walk there and walk back. So you know, environment is such an, an important part of our habits and how we create new habits, how we change them. So setting up an environment, so whether it's like a room in your house or even just a spot in your house where you quote work, then that is your zone for work and don't carry it anywhere else in the home because we're such creatures of habit and really learn that physical cue for that action. So maybe it's work or maybe it's just like cooking or lifestyle stuff. So I'm a really big advocate on that. And I'm just setting strict boundaries with having an external source where I'm working from and then home is home. And that is where I take care of myself. I take care of my family and, you know, take care of the animals and the bees someday. So, so yeah. I love that. And I know from experience, it really does make a huge difference when you have a dedicated space for work. When we lived in Brooklyn, I had my own office. And then when we moved to a tiny cabin, my office became the bedroom and the living room and also the dining room. And so it becomes more challenging to set those boundaries. So for anyone who has the ability to separate your physical workspace, I highly recommend that. And I agree with you, Mikkel. Yeah, especially if you are working from home. I learned that really early on, like really just making sure even if you live in a small place and you have a table and it's both a dining table and let's say it's your work table, like even if it's that, it's a shared space, just make sure like you're you're set up for that work environment. So maybe you have a special 
mug that's only used when you're working or you have your notebook set out. All of that is just physically laid out so that when you're sitting in that spot, you are only working. And then when you're getting up and moving around, like don't take your laptop to your couch where you watch TV and snuggle with your partner later on. Like try to really create those physical boundaries because that'll also help you. That'll help support your other pillars of your life as well. I love the mug invitation. I never thought about it that way. Yeah. I mean, get really nitty gritty, like have all of those physical cues, those visual cues that really make you feel like you are quote working and that's in your space. I've done that for so many years because I've worked on and off at home or coffee shops or at an office. So I feel like I have a good range of experience with trying to set up your space. So you really have that boundary. You're the habit queen. (laughs) I try. So, you know, it sounds like the foundation you've built in the past seven years of running your business is now allowing you to be able to have more freedom in your schedule, in your personal life. I'm curious, what are some steps that you took that you think contributed to having that foundations, whether that's learning how to delegate and hiring people or launching your membership? What were some of the biggest contributors to you having more freedom as the founder? Yeah, I think it goes to what I was mentioning earlier about identifying kind of what I call your genius zone. So if you think about only the things that you uniquely can do with your passions, with your gifts, with your strengths, like write those down on a piece of paper if it helps you get really tangible. And then list out everything else, maybe in a few other columns that kind of need to be tended to, to actually operate and run your company or your business or your side hustle. And then make another list that's like, you need these to be done, but you really dislike it. It's kind of a waste of your time because it's really wasting... Like if you really think about your time being put in those tasks versus time being put in the ones that are really, really important and are going to give you some forward momentum to your company, that will right there, like visually, if this is all on paper, will really help you delegate. Like, okay, can I hire a freelancer to do the things that I'm not good at or that it's a really, it's not a great use of my time, but they need to be done. Like maybe those are admin tasks or emails or bookkeeping, XYZ. Um, So that over the years has changed for me. And I just, I actually revisit this little journal exercise quite often. I'll probably do it about twice a year and just say, are my weekly actions, like what am I actually doing every week? Are those lining up with the things that only I uniquely can do? So for me, it's like, obviously like this right here, we're chatting, we're having this great conversation I go out and network, I host workshops, I coach all of our method members, and I'm present for video content and the content that I want to produce. So those are the things that not only light me up and that bring me so much joy, but those are the things for my company that only I can do. And then that will really help you, again, just kind of like also let go of maybe things that aren't working for you and or just delegate them to somebody else. But I also know what it was like early in my career when I didn't have anybody else to delegate to. I was truly a one-woman show. So if that's kind of your story right now or any of your listeners' stories right now, it's really making sure that you can just, as much as possible, prioritize your time and batch tasks. Try to do things that are very similar, like one day at a time. So maybe you have a lot of writing to do. Try to do that in you know one to two days so that you're in that flow, you're in that frame of mind. Then maybe the next day you're you know shooting photos or you're doing recipes or you're coaching somebody depending on what your line of work is. 
So try to like group those together as much as possible. That way you're in your own flow state and you're not just taking like meetings at random times during the week because that can just throw such a curveball and a wrench in your flow and your workflow. So I'm a big proponent of that. And I, in addition, you know, to just delegating things that really I don't need to do. In addition to that, I really use that skill. I still batch all the time. And that is how I believe that I can produce so much value and content and educational content of value in a short amount of time. Mm, I love that so much. It's this simple but profound question. What am I actually spending time on? And is it aligning with my zone of genius? And is it aligning where I actually want to take my business? And I think I'm going to be making that list today. And I hope all of you listening will as well, because this is such an important check-in that, like you said, you do it every six months, or you can do it every week if you want. There's just so much to that self-inquiry. And that leads me to the question of, you have undoubtedly business acumen and brilliance that many people could learn from. And I'm curious, do you have books you go to that have impacted you? Do you have a business coach or kind of where do you go to take your business to the next level and think outside of what you thought was possible? Great question. So when I started Nutrition Stripped in 2013, like I shared with you, it's it was strictly a creative outlet. It was just a blog. And so how I learned how to take it to a quote business, I had to learn everything. I'm talking everything from the ground up. I was Google was my best friend. I was reading everything I could with books, with blogs, watching YouTube videos, listening to podcasts. And in that realm, though, I really paid attention to like all of the business leaders who were doing what they do well or doing what they do best, I should say. And I was looking to them. So anybody who was like, I can't even recall specific names, but I was just like all about researching everything online, marketing, branding financial projections, business plans, delegating to find your first virtual assistant and then getting a team, hiring and letting go. Like there were so many nuances of business that I had no idea that I needed to know. And so I spent many of the years, first, you know, 3 years I would say really really diving in deep on that and then also at the same time experimenting with what worked for me and what didn't. So there was a lot of trial and error. And on top of that at that time there were no other dietitians or nutritionists who were doing what I started to do and also where I wanted to go, which was to not only have a private practice, but to really make sure that I was helping as many people as possible by scaling my my coaching and by scaling my education and all of that. And so I really had to pull inspiration from all of these other, again, like online business blogs and podcasts, all of those resources. And then I stumbled upon b-school by marie forleo in like my third or fourth year and i started to just watch like all of her youtube videos and i was like oh these are great like i can implement these tips i've already you know done a lot of this stuff just because i built it from the ground up and i had to learn it out of necessity but it was a nice refresher so i love that and i think she's a great mentor but i've never personally had like a mentor I've never been outside of just having like peer groups that are mastermind groups with other female entrepreneurs who are in different business verticals. I've never really had like a group of just dietitians or nutritionists to chat with and to talk about online business with. And that's also the reason why too, which is really exciting that this is the first year ever that I'm actually offering NS mentorship. So I'm actually taking dietitians, nutritionists, 
and you know people in healthcare who really want to do online business or create a business out of their passions. I'm taking them under my wing and teaching them basically everything I wish that I had known and up to this day. So I'm really, really excited about that because that's something that I get asked about every day for the past, again, like seven years. And I've never really known how to show up for them fully. And this was the year where I was like, I'm so ready for this. I have so much to share and how to, and like want to guide them. So I just want to be that mentor for people where I didn't feel like I had one. My heart is beating so fast right now because my next question to you was, okay, so when is the Nutrition Strip Business School opening up? (laughs) Yeah, I mean, so we're starting with just, I wanted to just dip my toe in it and offer an NS mentorship as my own part of the puzzle and then partner up with Marie Forleo's team on B-School because again, like I am so proud to partner with her, her content because she helped me so much. And I had wished that I knew about B-School like the first day or else I would have saved a few years, I think, of trial and error and just like learning the business basics and then also how to like take it to the next level. But I'm really excited because I have learned so much stuff, just so many tactics and tips and strategies outside of anything. You know, I think real life experience really teaches you the most that you can really learn. So who, for everyone listening, who's like, I just want to be in Mikel's world. So what is the, walk us through the mentorship. Who is it for if it's still even available? And who is the membership for? So the NS mentorship is for those of you who are in healthcare or wellness, nutrition, fitness, and you have a passion, you have your gifts, you have your strengths, whether you are just starting out and you're like, wow, I really want to do this. I want to take the jump or you're an established business and you want to take it to the next level. And I'm going to be offering that, I believe, once a year. For sure in 2020, it's only happening the February and March of 2020. So it might be past its point right now, but that's going to be really exciting. And the method membership is for anybody who is really just tired of trying all of the diets and the plans and all of the trends out there, and they really just want sound nutrition advice, but also like, again, like I said earlier, learning how to merge that science of nutrition and health. Like what do we actually know nourishes our physical body and then how to take it to the next level to really make sure that you're creating these amazing eating habits and lifestyle habits that actually stick for life. So I really work closely with our method members on not just the nutrition piece, but really making sure that they are learning how to change their behavior so that things can actually stick so that they can, you know, my vision for it is so that they can say goodbye to buying diet books and like getting into trends and following all these, you know, Instagram social gurus who are saying one thing's great one day and then the complete opposite the next day. It's so confusing and I just want to help people really feel empowered and confident and live a life that's healthy, that they feel nourished, and they feel like they can give to themselves and give back to others. It is confusing. And what do you need to people like you? Because yes, trends change all the time. And it is so damn confusing. You know, a year ago, everyone was talking about keto. Now everyone's talking about Ayurveda. And some of these things are ancient. Some of these things are newer. But it's just too confusing and we need spaces where we can kind of tap back into our own body's wisdom and have expert guides like you to take us through it. So I'm so glad your membership exists. Yes, thank you. Yeah, you know, nutrition is so simple. I think we just all make it really confusing. And especially with the industry, we make it really confusing. And then people just feel 
overwhelmed and they don't know where to turn to. So I'm such a huge advocate for just finding your resources that really resonate with you and just double checking, like see their credentials, like see their training. Does it line up with your your philosophy as well on healthy living? And just try to like, you know, have have a quality over quantity in terms of your teachers and really just making sure that you're not overwhelming yourself or getting intimidated or hopping on one diet to the next because we just need people to listen into their own bodies because, you know, we're sending ourselves internal messages all day long. So it's just about listening in. Yes. And something that you mentioned several times that I really want to go back to is content. Your videos are so beautiful. Your content is always such high quality. And I'm curious, how do you batch your content? And how did you get comfortable on camera? I think a lot one of the reasons people are stopped from sharing their message, even when they get clear in it is, well, I don't have the perfect light. I don't have a good camera. I don't have a videographer. There's so many excuses, but you seem to make it work and it looks so effortless and beautiful. What's your method there? Thank you. Yeah. So, I mean, with content, I try to batch everything, like I said earlier, just to maximize my time. And also I think more so it's not even just about being efficient and maximizing my time. It's about making sure that I'm in the right energy flow. Like I really honor my just changes of energy and the way that I communicate per month. So I really like to just honor like, okay, I'm really, really feeling it today. Like I want to hop on camera and I really want to like share this message. So I just really check in with myself too. And I don't force it because I still find so much joy in it that I don't want to like make it feel like an obligation or I don't want it to feel like work. I really have a lot of fun with it. So I just honor that flow. That's key. And then of course, batching it. And then, you know, like I was saying earlier, when you were asking about how to know which product or service to start with or to add, whether it's like podcasts or eBooks or online programs, I would still go back to that question and just ask yourself what lights you up. If you, you know, if it's one thing to challenge yourself to feel a little uncomfortable, to go past your comfort zone and try something new, like maybe for you it's video or a podcast or an ebook. But if you really don't like it and there's like really strong resistance after you've had that honest conversation with yourself, it could just be that you don't like it. And that's so okay. You don't have to do the videos or XYZ, the podcast or whatever. I just think you really need to lean into what you uniquely love to do. So I really, really love to do video. Like I said earlier, I think it's because I'm a visual learner, but I also just think the subject matter of what I'm teaching and what I'm coaching and guiding people on, like there is that piece that I really want to be present for and connect with people on. And so for me, it's that that visual, like that eye gaze. It could be even digital, but at least they're kind of in that space with me. So that that's just a big pool of why I do it. Yeah, maybe I'll do a podcast one day. I'm, I really like, you know, talking and, and having great conversations as well. Yes, please. I love this so much. And this is such a beautiful way to wrap up our conversation. It's this invitation to lean into what you uniquely love to do. There are so many ways to do business. There's so many ways to creatively express yourself. And I love that, Mikkel, in your examples, you just keep bringing it to tapping into that energy flow that for each one of us, it's unique. And that's the only place where we can find answers. And you're such a beautiful example of that. And I'm excited to see where your house journey goes and follow it along. And 
Before we wrap up, is there anything that I didn't ask you about that you feel called to share? Oh, goodness. I think we covered so much. I'm grateful for this conversation. I loved your wrap up. I think that's the biggest take home point is really follow as cheesy as it might sound, but truly follow your heart and your soul and your spirit and do the things that light you up. Really, I mean, that's what that's what the world needs. We all are so unique and have these amazing passions and gifts and just own that. Don't get caught up in anything that you quote should be doing or trying to follow somebody else's path. Like just do what you uniquely need to do. We need everybody collectively to do that. So that's great. I love that so much, Mikkel. Thank you for the awesome conversation. And I look forward to running into you once again in real life, whenever that's meant to be. And we'll all will be following along your journey. Thank you so much. Have a beautiful day. If you're moved by what was shared in this episode and not sure how to take action, start by writing it down. When we notice abundance and clarity in all shapes and forms and honor it, it grows. And if you're called to share the podcast with someone who you know is ready to receive it, follow that. Find all episodes, show notes, and current offerings on XeniaBrief.com. Subscribe to Xenia Brief Podcast on Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and a review, and take one deep breath into the knowing that's already within you.